Welcome to the Agent Survival Guide podcast, and happy Good Friday to you. I am your host, Sarah Rupel, and this is the Friday Five. It is our weekly recap of things you should know about. Starting out at number one this week, you might have noticed an update to last week's Friday Five pop up in your feed on Tuesday this week. That was because I got a little overexcited about the final rule coming out and thought that was what was coming out on Monday of this week. There is no word yet on the final rule, just to clarify again. What CMS did publish this week was the 2024 Medicare Advantage and Part D rate announcement. That is the update that was promised in the advance notice. As you all know, I geek out over compliance, and this time, my enthusiasm got the better of me. So apologies for that, but let's get into what CMS did release, because quite honestly, it's some pretty good news. In the advance notice, we get a lot of estimates, and by the time the actual rates come out, CMS has more accurate data to work with, so there's always a little bit of an adjustment between the two. And a couple of interesting things happened with the rate announcement. First, the effective growth rate came in at 2.28% up from the estimate of 2.09% from the advance notice. Changes also came to the risk adjustment model in the rate announcement, just not in the way originally outlined in the advance notice. Rather than moving forward with a brand new risk adjustment model for coverage year 2024, CMS decided to slowly roll out the changes over a three-year period, beginning in 2024, wrapping up in 2026. Risk scores for 2024 will be determined using the combination of 67% of the current 2020 model and 33% of the new 2024 model. Those changes in calculations mean that the percentage for risk model revision and normalization actually increased, going from negative 3.12% to negative 2.16%. And then the Medicare Advantage risk score trend also rose from 3.30% to 4.44%. Overall, CMS revised their expected average change in revenue from 1.03% in the advance notice to 3.32% in the final rate announcement. And just to recap some of the other changes involved in these risk scores and rates, the switch to an updated version of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's International Classification of Diseases, or ICD for short. Medicare Advantage will move from ICD-9 to the ICD-10 classification system. MA plans will also be using new data sets in 2024, pulling info from 2018 diagnoses and 2019 expenditure. And then we've got all the changes coming in 2024 to Medicare Part D that were included in the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. We will be linking to the press release and fact sheet CMS put out. Included on the fact sheet, CMS answers a few questions like why the growth rate changed from the advance notice to the final rate announcement, how they calculate the risk scores, 
and a few other questions. Highly recommend reading over those for more information. Number two, Medicaid redeterminations have begun. Saturday, April 1st, was the date set by Congress through the Consolidated Appropriations Act for states to begin evaluating their Medicaid roles for the first time since the public health emergency began. Each state is able to choose how they want to handle the process, so it is not going to be the same from one state to the next. Just a reminder to check your state's Medicaid office to see how they are handling these determinations. And that could be multiple states, depending on where you're licensed to sell. The people affected by these redeterminations will mostly, but not necessarily, fall into two groups. Medicaid enrollees under the age of 65, and then dual-eligible Medicare beneficiaries. If you have individuals in your books that are currently on Medicaid, possibly because of PHE allowances, you want to reach out and let them know what's going on and how you can help. And if you're curious how many people Medicaid unwinding will affect, the Department of Health and Human Services estimated in August of 2022 that 15 million Americans would be affected. The Urban Institute projected that number to be closer to 18 million Americans by December of 2022. We published an episode on Medicaid unwinding at the end of February, and we will be linking to that in the notes to listen and hear more about the redetermination process and what we recommend. Number three. Last week, we covered the FDA's decision to allow over-the-counter sales of Narcan, the drug that reverses opioid overdoses. On Monday this week, the FDA rolled out another strategy in the war against opioids. When opioids are prescribed in outpatient settings, the Food and Drug Administration is requiring manufacturers to give patients mail-back envelopes with prepaid postage. Patients can then fill those envelopes with unused medications and send them back to be safely disposed of. The FDA gave opioid manufacturers 180 days from receiving the notification to submitting the information in the Opioid Analgesic Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy. The agency hopes to approve those submissions and implement the new requirement in 2024. Number four, the deadline for submitting taxes to the IRS is almost here. This year, it's Tuesday, April 18th, because the 15th falls on a Saturday, and Monday, the 17th, is a recognized holiday in D.C., Emancipation Day. If you are one of the many people who uses software to help you file your taxes, which a lot of us do, nothing wrong with that, but if you used efile.com between mid-March and April 3rd of this year, you may have unwittingly downloaded malware while simply filing your taxes. The site was infested with malicious code on every single page, and it was only found and cleared up earlier this week. efile.com is an IRS-authorized site for tax document preparation, but that IRS stamp of approval does not do much if the site itself is susceptible to these types of issues. 
We will be linking to a few resources in the episode notes to learn more and something to think about sharing on social media or in your newsletters. And if you haven't filed your taxes yet, might want to give some of the other more established services a go this year. Number five, the 27th annual Webby Award nominations are live. And in addition to another place to look for podcast recommendations, it's also a spot to catch up on what you might have missed on the internet and in pop culture while doing other things. The Webby Awards are held by the International Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences. Nominations are made in a variety of categories, and each category has two winners. One is the Webby Award, given by a panel of judges. And then the other is the Webby People's Voice Award, which the public is invited to vote on. Awards are given out for websites, social media, videos, ad campaigns, apps, software, podcasts, games, even the metaverse and virtual experiences are included, so there is a lot to look through on the site. I mainly focused on podcasts, as I do, and I did come across a couple of podcasts to follow. Those are hashtag five things this week in social, creativity in captivity, all things undone, the call of the void, girl tales, and Sound Worlds. We will be linking to each of those shows in the notes. Some of the nominees I had heard of before have to shout out Goodnight World because that was nominated for Best Collaboration between Sesame Street and Headspace. Still looking for more episodes of that show. Missing Pages was there, the publishing industry podcast hosted by Beth Ann Patrick. And then I was once again reminded that I need to listen to his Saturn return from the 11th podcast. I have been meaning to listen to it, but I keep getting distracted by other shows. RuPaul recommends. Coming up at the end of the month, April 28th to be exact, I am so excited about this movie that my daughter and I will likely be going to on opening weekend the big-screen adaptation of Judy Bloom's masterpiece, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. So excited to see that book finally brought to life and then obviously discuss it and have a fun mommy-daughter day with my daughter. And then last week, I mentioned that my Kindle was due to arrive. It did come last Friday, and I absolutely love it. I've already read one book, I am well into the second of that series, and my first takeaway is that it is much easier on my eyes than trying to read on my iPhone. The thing that is wild to me is that my iPhone has a 6.69-inch display. The Kindle has a 6.8-inch display. There's not a ton of difference in size. But the lighting on the Kindle and the fact that there are also zero notifications to disrupt my reading, I am really enjoying it so far. And that's all we've got for you this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Happy Easter, stay healthy, and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. 
Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing and fact check by Tina Lamaru. Podcast designed by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with us wherever you like to listen.